You're listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about Oscars of years past. Today, we are uh, talking about another another Best Picture winner from long, long ago. Today, we're going to talk about Green Book, which came out in 2018 and won the Oscar for Best Picture in 2019. And people were not happy. I mean, some people were. I guess people who liked Green Book were happy. Um, anyway... Uh, we obviously had our own, well, I, I don't know. I'd seen Green Book before. I don't think Pierre had, but, uh, we, we had some opinions going into this movie, but we're watching it with a fresh mind. We're going to come in, we're going to review it, and we're going to determine how this movie won best picture and whether or not it deserved it. And, uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think there's any spoilers at all. So no, don't even worry about spoilers. Uh, but like, yeah, you're going to hear our thoughts on Green Book. But first, you're going to hear a song from Green Book. Um, and I cannot tell you who wrote this song because this movie was not nominated for Best Original Score. So you're just going to have to be surprised by whatever I come up with right here. to classic movies live the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies uh a lot we talk about movies every single week on this show uh isn't that right pierre yes of course <laughs> so last week we talked about the king's speech that was the best picture winner at the oscars in 2010 uh over the next couple of weeks we're going to be talking about a lot of uh a lot of movies that are either Oscar winners or uh, potential Oscar winners. I think next week we're going to talk about something that's a little newer, hasn't uh, hasn't technically been nominated yet. Um, but for this week, we decided to jump ahead a couple of years to uh, the 2018 Oscars. Um, 2018 was uh, a pretty big year for me for the Oscars, just in my in my personal movie watching journey. Pierre, do you? I don't know if you had any particular attachment to this one. Um, not that I remember. I, I don't think I watched all the movies. Like, um, I think I, like legitimately, I'm pretty sure last year was the only year I, I actually watched all of them, I think. But, uh, I, I mean, it was interesting. Was, wait, which was the year when, no, that was 2017, right? What, what, what was Maybe. the year when I, it was like know. all that, they, they said the wrong, uh, they said the wrong nominee. Oh yeah. I'm pretty winner. sure that was 2017. Oh, okay. Never mind. No, it was twenty eight. It was twenty sixteen because it was the year that Moonlight won, but La La Land like almost won. That was twenty sixteen. Oh, okay, cool. Oof, that that was that's still pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no specific uh, feelings for this year. Um, um twenty eighteen was kind of interesting. I well, I remember like being very interested in twenty eighteen for a lot of reasons. I was 
just big into movies. But like, also, this was the year that Black Panther got nominated, which uh, was very strange. And like, watching Black Panther, I I get it. The the more distance is between me and watching that movie the first time, the more I'm like, oh yeah, I absolutely understand why it was nominated. I still don't think it would have been one of my choices if I, mm. if it was if the Oscars were entirely picked by me. But like, I get why it was nominated for Best Picture. And I personally think that the Oscars it won were Oscars it absolutely deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, it did not win Best Picture, obviously. But uh, this was the year Black Panther got nominated. And also this was the year that uh, I started writing for, um, for the Phoenix News at, uh, at, at, the univer- at the university we both go to. I started writing a series of uh, who should win and who should have been nominated articles for the Oscars. This is the first year I did that because I was very, very, very upset that Black Klansman did not get even more nominations than it did. And it got a <laughs> lot of nominations. But specifically, the fact that Topher Grace wasn't nominated for Best Supporting Actor really upset me. And I had to write a very sternly worded article about it, which... Uh, when I was personally editing it, went from a lot, went, went, uh, it, it became a lot less sternly worded. There was less swearing in it by the time it actually was published, but I digress. Um, yeah, that, actually that was a big surprise. I, um, I guess I, I feel like Topher Grace isn't usually in Oscar, uh, Oscar like talks, if that makes sense. So like, hmm. it, it, it was really, uh, it was like an interesting time to see, especially because yeah, I, I hadn't really, uh, I only seen him in like Spider-Man 3. So um, yeah, he's got he's been like a supporting character in a lot of movies, both good and bad and very few where he like really stands out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess on that note, let me just kind of introduce what was up for best picture. We'll talk probably a lot more about all of these movies uh, later on, but let's just introduce what was up for best picture in 2018. We had Vice, the, uh, the movie by Adam McKay about Dick Cheney. We had A Star is Born, the movie by Bradley Cooper about uh, Lady Gaga, basically. Like it's it's a remake. It's like the seventh remake of the movie A Star Is Born, but I don't know if you've seen it. It is really good. It's definitely worth a watch. Another mm-hmm. weird contender for Best Picture, but like again, I get it. It was probably it probably would have been on my list if I was picking the movies this year. Um, there was Roma, which is just fantastic. This is Roma was like the reason I watched these Oscars because Alfonso Cuarón, who uh, directed Roma, he did win for Best Director and also Best uh, Foreign Language Film. And finally, he won for, I believe, Best... What was it? Best Cinematography. Okay. He won three times. So he had, like... He clearly had, like, five speeches prepared, and he would just walk up and, like, take out a different note card every time and be fully prepared to give another speech. It was beautiful. Um, That that was hilarious. He was... he, He, like, legitimately, like, expected to win each of these awards. Oh yeah, I was I was honestly a little surprised he didn't win best picture, which he was up for because at the time mm-hmm. uh Roma was the favorite to win best picture. Speaking of favorites, the other thing well, another thing that was nominated was the favorite, my favorite movie of that year. <laughs> uh it was that's a period piece about Queen Anne um like many years ago and like 
well, obviously many years ago. I don't know exactly what time period. But anyway, like what I thought was really cool about it was it was paced super, super well for a period piece. I usually like get super bored during period pieces because the pacing is not always as good as it should be. And the favorite, like I didn't look at my watch once. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody, which was bad. Black Klansman, which like if it wasn't for the favorite, that would have been my pick for for best picture this year. And again, a little surprised that it didn't do even better than it already did. And then Black Panther. That is the list of best pictures, excluding the one that won. Uh, Pierre, before I talk about that, do you want to say anything more about that list? Um, I, I personally consider it a pretty weak year. Uh, especially, I mean, after coming from 2010, uh, just, just in my opinion, like I, I definitely, uh, I haven't seen them all, but a couple of these movies, I would really con- question, I really kind of question, but I mean, um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I guess I don't know what to say. I, I don't know how many like other movies that like, I haven't seen. I don't, God, I haven't seen that many movies that came out that year. So I can't like be like this movie deserved to be there, I guess. But it feels it does feel weak, in my opinion. I but don't anyways. disagree with you. I think this is a pretty interesting year, though, because the Oscars tends not to the Oscars tends to be a lot of movies that like the regular mainstream movie going public not only wouldn't have seen, but probably didn't even get a chance to see because these were like festival darlings and they don't even release until the week after the Oscars. But this year, like it was a lot of, it was comparatively a large number of like blockbusters because A Star is Born was huge. Vice, huge. The favorite was for a period piece, pretty big. Bohemian Rhapsody had been like hyped up for eight years at that point. Uh, Black Panther is maybe the biggest movie Spike Lee's ever done, at least in terms of advertising. Black Panther is, uh, you know, a Marvel movie. So, like, it's kind of interesting this year because, like, all of the movies that were on that list were big blockbusters. Like, there wasn't an indie darling to be seen, which, well, I guess maybe Roma. But, like, and that's, that is... That's not necessarily a good or a bad thing, but it is uncommon. And like, that's why I think this is a really interesting year. This was actually kind of a turning point year for the Oscars too, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I'd also say the, I, I feel like a lot, a lot of the stereotypical uh, nominees for like best director, for example, aren't, aren't actually featured like, like this list. I mean, Alfonso Cuaron, I feel like at this point is like kind of a, a reputable director but I, I would say like like adam mckay is in one you usually see like you don't see your tarantinos or nolans or a lot of the the art artists i get no spike lee and alfonso that that's but either way yeah i i feel like there there wasn't as much of the the hall like the hollywood insider trope if that makes sense of yeah of the usual best directors so yeah interesting year um but then we, we are talking. Did you, did you mention what we were talking no, about? No, but I, I will mention now that it was not up for best director, uh, which I guess we'll talk about later because I know you had some things to say. We're going to talk about Green Book. This movie won. Green Book won best picture. To this day, I cannot explain how, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to figure it out. That is the goal of today. Over the <laughs> next hour, we are going to de- we are going to determine once and for all how in the world Green Book won best picture. Yeah, I would, I mean, I, I heard a lot of people talk about this movie um, saying it was like 
it was it was a solid but kind of boring movie very like very much designed to win oscars if that makes sense um and like like i've heard of this like these arguments for other movies before but green for green book it was actually pretty heavy from what i remember and uh i mean especially i, I think a big a big reason why it got some attention was actually the fact that uh aragorn stars in this i can't remember his name but Viggo mortensen yeah, Viggo Mortensen, who is rarely in movies now, right? In a lot of indie movies, not necessarily ones that even get a lot of buzz. Like he was in a movie called Mr. Fantastic, I think, which mm-hmm. I haven't seen. I heard it was good enough, but like it didn't get nominated for anything major. And like because it's an indie movie, it just sort of slipped under the radar. And he's been in a lot of movies like that since uh, since Lord of the Rings. Yeah, well, I mean, like just looking at his his filmography since Lord of the Rings. There's, there's nothing I actually recognize uh, personally. So, I mean, like it's obvious and, and it's obvious. I would say that he's, he seems pretty selective because um, he, it looks like he only takes a role like once every two years, at least recently. Right. So yeah. that got a lot of, of attention too. Um, especially also with Mark. Oh God, his, what's his name? Marsh Hera. Mahershala, Mahersh- Ali. Mahershala Ali. Um, he he obviously, I think he won for Moonlight, right? Uh, a couple years I, before. I believe so. He was in Moonlight anyway. Yeah, well, that that was from what I remember. That was his like big breakout role into the the mainstream. Um, let me check. I don't know if he actually won though. But like, I mean, either way, the. Uh, I, I think he brought in a ton of attention just for this as well. So, yeah, he won. He won Best Supporting for Moonlight. Gotcha. So, like, this was this is a very much like it. It it feels like there's a lot of hype behind this, you know. Just and it caused a lot of discussion. But I mean, like, it it just wasn't. Uh, it, it felt so paint by the numbers, like so paint by the numbers. I and I honestly am am kind of baffled that it, it did as well as it did. I mean, okay, I can understand it due to other circumstances, but as a movie in itself, it is, it is very confusing. I agree with you there. Do you, want to, uh, do you want to explain what this movie is about for anyone who is unclear? Uh, yeah, so, sorry. The, the movie Green Book is basically about um, Viggo Bornson's character, who is Tony, I believe, right? Or Tony the Lip. Tony the Tony Lip. Tony the Lip. Yeah. Um, he is hard for money. So he takes a job from Mahershala Ali's character, Dr. Dr. Don. Right? Dr. Don Shirley. Dr. Don Shirley. Um, and at the start of the movie, uh, we, are, we are presented with the fact that uh, Tony is, a, is kind of racist. Um, very blatantly like, many times and well, uh i think the way that the movie is trying to portray it like he's not overtly racist the way that a lot of people in like the midwest would consider racist like when i grew up like where i grew up watching this movie i'd be like tony's not racist because he's not explicitly calling everybody by racial slurs usually mm-hmm. but like He's he's grown up in a racist society and has a lot of racist views and also in some places is just straight up overtly racist. Sorry, yeah, I just basically. felt like I wanted to sort of No, it I mean it is interesting because that 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 is definitely a dynamic they play with in the movie. So 
it's good to clarify. But yeah, so anyways, he takes a job as his, the, the doctor's driver. Um, and essentially, Dr. Don Cherry has, has, is uh, going on a tour of concerts because uh, he is one of the most renowned piano players, I guess, in the world. And, well, certainly in the um, States. Yeah, and he apparently has heard of uh, Tony's reputation and, and how he, he's good at what he does. So he, he takes him along to drive him slash sort of be his assistant and uh, help him basically get to all his shows uh, in return for the money that Tony is wanting. And uh, along the way, they kind of grow. <laughs> they grow to like each other, you know? Um, yeah, it's it's there's not really much else to say because it's it's a very surface level movie. It, there's no nothing really else to to describe it. You know, they just kind of get along. Yeah, and that's really all there is. Yeah, it's just they they go on a road trip. One of them's racist white man, and one of them isn't, and, and one of them is black man, and that's just kind of the dynamic they play with. Yeah, it felt very. Uh, I mean, this is this is a dynamic we've seen so many times before. Like, how many road trip movies have there been? Uh, you always have the the cra- one crazy kind of vulgar character. One's a lot like kind of the straight arrow. Um, we've seen it in comedies before. I mean, like, I, I feel like the 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 first uh, comparison I would draw this to is actually like planes, trains, and automobiles in a weird way, just because you have this. Uh, under theme of they they want to get home by Christmas kind of or I guess in planes trains and automobiles it's Thanksgiving but it felt very it felt oddly extremely similar to me Mm -hmm. Uh, despite the fact that I think planes trains and automobiles is a much better movie because I mean like I don't know I I guess like what did you think of I I, like just to get this out of the way what did you think of the because obviously this movie is basically about as just a portrayal of racism in the South, right? And how how two characters kind of deal with it, you know? Yeah. So what, like, how did you feel they did in terms of, like, add, adding to, add, like, making the movie around this topic? In, well, it depends. It depends, like, what question you're asking. Making a movie around this topic, like, they did fine, I guess. But, like, you were about to add, you, you started that sentence with adding, and I thought you were going to say adding to the conversation or something like that. And like, oh, is horrible. Absolutely nothing. I think that like, as far as I'm concerned, this movie came out and it felt immediately dated. Like I watched this movie and I feel like not only have I seen the movie the same, but have I seen this exact same movie before, but like, this is maybe a novel movie for 1996. Like it doesn't, in 2018, this movie means nothing. Yeah, there was a lot of... I just, especially, I think it sets the tone way too obviously at the start of... There There was so much explicit, ex, like, uh, so many explicit reminders of the fact that there, racism exists. <laughs> um, and it takes, like, like... There's like 20, 30 minutes of like build up to 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 them starting their road trip, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean like but none of that 30 minutes ends up actually reflecting anything on the characters that we didn't already know. And it doesn't really build up any of the conflicts in any way either into the second act. Like the first there isn't even really a first act. It just kind of happens and then they go on the road. Yeah. 
And it's just, I, I mean, that's kind of the whole movie. There's, there's really no ups and downs in terms of like their relationship and, and kind of the, the character tensions between each other and themselves. Right. Cause I didn't feel like, I think, I guess the characters grew technically, but I never felt it. Did, yeah. did you? I didn't feel like they grew at all. I mean, if anything, I guess there was some development in their relationship because they went from total strangers to friends. But mm-hmm. like, that's not interesting. And no, yeah, individually, pretty- they didn't grow as characters. I felt I didn't feel they grew as characters at all. I guess you could say by the end, Tony was less racist. But even then, <laughs> I don't really think that's true because, you know, at the at the end, he just had a black friend and like he was never he wasn't like the kind of dude who's going to shoot a black guy in the street at the beginning anyway. So by the so by the end, when he's a person who understands his friend better, I don't see that as him being, you know, any less racist or more any less racist than he already was. Like he wasn't horrible to begin with. And now he's not horrible. Like there's there's no indication that he's even any that he's any less racist at all. Yeah, that's the I I totally agree. Like I like I don't know because I uh, I don't want to say this because I didn't want them to explicitly like even more like pound in the fact that he doesn't enjoy like it's not like he hates black people. It just he he seems like he he has suspicions of them if that makes sense, right? Well, like, um, he has prejudices against black people. And they are mostly the result of like how he has lived his life thus far. And by the end, like he's been around a black person and he clearly never has been that before. But like those, those prejudices probably aren't completely gone. And like the ones that are, were never that strong to begin with. He's just like, Oh, I guess all black people don't like fried chicken. So what? (laughs) Yeah, there was, there was some very blatant, like, like they keep they kept bringing back the fried chicken thing. Um, it's like they they have that entire scene of like how could you not eat fried chicken? You're black, right? But then it it never really goes anywhere either because it doesn't like. Well, first of all, it turns out he ends up liking black fried chicken. I was chicken. gonna say at the end of the day, it's almost reverse character development for Mahershala Ali's character because. That's one of the few th- ways his character develops throughout the ser- throughout the movie is that he goes from not having ever eaten to eaten fried chicken to liking it quite a bit. And that's it. Yeah. And I guess like being okay with No, I I, mean, I, I can't even say that cuz there was they were I think they were playing with this idea of he is okay with acting more casual, you know? Um but then also like why you know because i wouldn't necessarily say because he, he seemed to have this uh like part a big part of his character is that the doctor is is a uh a rich and like um well put together like gentleman that's how he sees himself right and a big part of yeah. who he is is like he needs he needs the he needs to be respected and um treated not not with authority i wouldn't say but just like he wants to be treated uh the same way as like everyone else i mean sadly enough but like you know he uh his reputation is at stake here right even though he's a very uh famous person i guess but i i guess it's just like like they they kind of shove in some little themes of like oh he should he should want to be more 
relaxed or but in this case the movie kind of ties together being black to being um re relaxed and laid back or something like that yeah and i was about to say sorry it's just such an odd theme especially because i actually think that was the most interesting part of the movie and they but they bring it up a lot and then they never tackle it so you you, ha you kind of have this interesting topic that i actually haven't really seen adapted that much in film but it's completely dropped but it's still brought up consistently throughout the movie with no resolution and no learning from it and it's just kind of there and it's really really confusing I don't know if it's actually if if this part is actually racist, but it seems like it to me. It sort of seems like this movie, like you said, that that's actually the main conflict of this movie that they kind of keep bringing up and don't go where they could with it. But it's like one thing that the that Viggo Mortensen's character brings up quite a lot is like I'm more black than you because like he ties being black to being I guess to like black subculture in the '60s I guess. Um, and I guess rock and roll and stuff. And so like mm -hmm. the movie sets it up as the black guy isn't black enough, but the white guy, he's not really white. And it's like, well, why is it? I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. And so I wonder like, is it, isn't that racist? Like you can't, what, what is the goal there? Is it to make the black guy more black and make him into a stereotype? Obviously they don't fully do that, but like, isn't that just sort of a bad concept to start from? Yeah, well, it, it's it's just like I don't like how it's because it, it feels like the movie's trying to to shove in the like to point out that it is okay, like just because you are not fulfilling your stereotypes does not mean you don't uh, belong. If that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then they keep bringing it back in a way that like it's like every time he. He tries to be himself, which is because, like, in my opinion, uh, he 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 himself, like the doctor as a character, like his he is his real self. There's no like hiding who he is, if that makes sense. He is a yeah. he prefers to be, or he is most comfortable when he is like in a more dignified state. Um, when he's like he's he's fancier and stuff. Um, but then every time he tries that, it's like he gets shot down. And it's like the movies, it's in a weird way, it's like the movies trying to push him in a position where he should be more grateful to be black, if that makes sense. And I, it feels extremely contradictive to, to what I felt like the movie was supposed to say, you know, where it's like, just because he acts white or what, like whatever that means, that he's not a black man or something like that. But they keep shoving that in, and that he should—he's black, and he should appreciate black culture more. Right. Which with the yeah. uh, with weird like the they have the like off the top of my head. There's there's a scene with the fried chicken where he's teased for not liking it. Um, when when he when he's kind of uh, asked to play games with uh, like other poor black people, he refuses to. And then mm -hmm. when he does that, he gets beat up for it, basically. Like there's, and then and then the I guess like it's not even the climax of the movie, but like a part of the like the end of the movie is him ditching a white established a white fancy establishment to play at a a black uh, bar, essentially. Yeah, 
And yeah. And I guess like one last thing that I wanted to mention is just because you brought up the end. This isn't fully related to uh, this isn't fully related to the exact same thing we've been talking about. But after that, they're on their way back to New York and they get pulled over. And up until now, like them getting pulled over is bad because they're in the South, right? So something bad is going to happen because it's a white man driving a black man and they get pulled over. And like, it's just the officer being like, Oh, Hey, I think you got a flat tire. Let me help you out there. And that is like, that's another thing that's kind of a trope in movies like this. This is why I, this is part of the reason I say it's, it's immediately dated. Like this movie pretends that racism existed but it only exists, but it doesn't exist anymore. But more importantly, it only existed in the South. And like, as soon as they get back to New York, or as soon as they get back into, I think it's, they're driving through New Jersey, they set up a situation which is going to result in some racism up until now. Like, you're expected to believe that up until now, but it's a fake out and it's just a nice cop wanting to help them because they're no longer in the bad place. Yeah, it's just like, like, what was the point of that scene? I don't get it. I mean, it was cute. I but really think like, that scene literally just diverts your expectations at that point. <laughs> yeah, and like, that, like, it's so lame. Yeah. And nothing really, like, comes from it. And I mean, that's, I, I guess that's just kind of sums up the movie in general. Uh, lack, so like, lack the, of conflict, checking, checking boxes, um, and not really going into the nitty gritty, if that makes sense. So this movie won three Oscars and what we've just spent all our time talking about, I think that, you know, technically we're supposed to go into this next thing, but honestly, I think we pretty much covered it. One of the Oscars it won was best screenplay. I'm going to sum up my thoughts of, about, uh, on this movie's screenplay very briefly, uh, if you're okay with that, Pierre. Go for it, yeah. It sucks a lot. <laughs> yeah, it did. It's really bad. Yeah, it was, it's definitely the worst part of the movie. I can't, like, I, I'm honestly pretty impressed that they pulled the movie together as well as they did, despite the script being so, like, cliche-filled and, like, surface-level and just boring. Like, it's not, not even just, like, like, sometimes you'll see uh, a movie, like, a movie like this where, like, the plot's pretty simple, but then it, it might have, like, really interesting dialogue, right? Or, like, um... Or maybe it's like some other subplots, but like, e like even like the 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 specific things these guys are saying are just so boring. Like, like how many like there's so many derivative conversations and like really lame callbacks that don't actually mean anything. Mm. And it's like I don't understand what they were thinking when they wrote this. It's just so so like not nothing pays off. Nothing builds to anything. Like what? What was? What was even like? What were they writing? I don't. I don't understand. It's good question. I wish I could answer any of them. Like it's just this movie is just kind of it's it's pointless. I don't understand. I don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, I. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty simple. I mean, like I don't know. It's, it's. I guess it's kind of cute. I guess the biggest problem is just like how how much acclaim it got. Because I mean, like I've seen scripts like this before, and like. The movies aren't always like terrible. I I think a, a kind of a good example might be Chef, where which is a movie all, where also there isn't really like 
um, a climax or anything. And it's like, it's mostly just a feel good movie of people kind of growing and bonding um, on a road trip. Right. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's a sweet movie. I would never say it's like one of the best movies of the year. You know, it's just like, it's an, it's a, it's, it's a fun movie. That's it. Whereas like, I could also potentially say this is just a, a fun movie, but not, oscar worthy in any way because it doesn't even try to be no i don't it's it's weird how much acclaim it got yeah it's and actually i do have something else to say about the screenplay but i think it fits better into a different part of the conversation so if you don't mind that okay we've been ragging on this movie and you have said that it's not all bad i think i've i've meant to if i haven't said that already but like it also won for best supporting actor so Let's talk very briefly about Mahershala Ali, if we haven't already. Sure. Uh, well, who are the other... I mean, okay, I guess for me, I was actually pretty disappointed. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It was a pretty basic role. Yeah, uh, honestly, I don't think it was anything special. I think he's a great actor, so he did okay. Um, was it anything groundbreaking? Well, no, but it was fine. Yeah, that's it. I mean, but like looking at, uh, okay, to be fair, I've only seen Adam, the other only other supporting actors I saw in this category were Adam Driver and uh, Sam Elliott for Stars Born and Black Klansman. Adam Driver was way better, though. Like, it's not even close. Um, I, re- I legitimately think he was robbed because, like, I, I get maybe the writing wasn't great and uh, Mr. Ali had didn't really have much to work with, but I mean, still, he, he really did not... It didn't seem like he was actually trying either. I mean, I guess that's... He, he's good enough that, that make, he makes it look effortless. That's good. But, like, yeah, he didn't... He wasn't doing any... He has had better roles, and I don't think that... I have not... I haven't seen that many Mahershala Ali roles, but I don't think this was one of his best. I don't think it was one of his worst, but, like, this isn't anything special. Mm-hmm. Well, it's even just, like, the... I don't... I don't know if this is a director thing or an actor thing, but even just like his facial expressions were just so like predictable, not or like I, not expressions, but just the way he reacts to things, you know, like well, I, it never, it never really felt me like felt to me like the character felt natural. Yeah. Kind of like, like, uh, Oh, something racist happens. Therefore he will act kind of curt, but uh, curt, polite, but yet insulted on the inside, you know? And this kind of happens yeah. over and over again. But also, that's, like, really the extent of his character. I mean, sometimes well, I he smiles, but... I don't know how much this is a director thing as well, but I think it's very telling that for all of the things that this movie got nominated for that, in my opinion, it did not deserve, they didn't even think to put it in the best director category. And, like, that's good. It shouldn't have been there. But also, like, you know... Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali did fine, I guess. They didn't do anything special, but they were both nominated for their performances. But, like, neither of their performances was anything special. And, like, as you mentioned, it could really just be... An, it, it honestly could be down to a director thing. He's like, oh, something bad has happened to you. Act sad. Or, you're an Italian guy. Act A. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna the Italian like I don't care okay, I'm not know much about Italian culture but it felt extremely like 
on the nose, almost borderline racist of just Italian culture. I mean, and just like a lot. I I mean, obviously, I can't say because I don't I don't know what this. I don't actually really know what the exact stereotypes are. Um, and I'm not Italian, but I almost it felt like I I could have been assaulted if I was Italian. Three personally do not know anyone who like is allowed to be insulted by a, a, an offensive portrayal of in, of Italian people. Like I just don't know anyone from that cu- from that culture. But also mm-hmm. like th- he wasn't playing an Italian guy. He was playing a New York stereotype of the '60s, and like. I mean, this is based on a real person, so I have to assume that this is at least partially based in reality. But also, like, he was just a walking stereotype. We're talking about Viggo Mortensen, if if we uh, if we didn't already say that. Yeah, it was crazy. He got a ton of like, I kept hearing about his name like these Oscars uh, for for best actor. But I mean, like, and I I thought he did fine, you know. But was this really like? like amazing no it, it was I, i'd say he did better than uh Mahershal, Mahershala. uh they both made but, it seem effortless and honestly his just seemed more effortless because it was also a role where he was having fun where Mahershala ali you know his role was a sadder role so he wasn't having as much mm-hmm. fun or at least he wasn't allowed <laughs> yeah. to pretend like he was having fun yeah but yeah I, I will say that i guess they embraced the characters a lot right like i did see yeah. I, I wasn't, it didn't feel like I was watching actors. It, they felt like they're characters, you know, but it's just the characters were just really boring and there wasn't really much to them. And I, I, I know, I understand it's tough for the actors when you're kind of, I think, really limited by the script. And I do think in this case, also the director as well. I, they really did not strive to do any more than they could have. I don't know what they could have done, but if there was something there, they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Which is, um, uh, I guess, disappointing. So I, I'm just looking into this director's filmography, and wow, uh, I know you had wanted to talk about the director. Do you want to talk about the director? Yeah, so this guy is, if you look, his name is Peter Farrelly. If you this look is remarkable. at his, if, if you look at his history of filmmaking, uh, to be clear, his first movie was Dumb and Dumber, and I actually think that's like, his most critically acclaimed movie other than this from what I can tell um, because he, I don't know. He's, he's been directing for 20 some years and like all of, none of these movies are really, are really that good. Like me, myself and Irene, I've heard of that. Um, but that's a comedy. The three stooges was like a really weird reboot comedy. That wasn't that good. Dumber and dumber two was basically the movie he did before this, and then Green Book. Like The only movie in this list that I even liked is There's Something About Mary, and I haven't seen that movie in 10 years, so I don't know if I still would like it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's such... Why did he take this movie? I Unless he really wanted to, like... Uh, maybe he saw an opportunity to win an Oscar, you know? I guess but, good on him because now this is, you know, now he's no longer the dude who directed Dumb and Dumber. He's the guy that directed Green Book. But still, what? Yeah. How did this happen? Like, I guess it makes sense just in terms of the directing obviously felt really uninspired in a lot of ways. Uh, I guess like even 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 more so than the King's Speech, which we talked about last week, it it really lacks in any type of character at all. Um and like like the cinematography, the 
everything, the music, just everything feels really, really like, uh, you know, by the books, as I said before. And I mean, like for a lot of these movies, I feel like he was hired to, to do just that is, uh, kind of use, use the script and make the movie along the lines of the script without, uh, really adding anything of his own to the project. Yeah. So like, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense that he directed this, but then, uh, you know, it, it is interesting that, uh, he, you know, he hasn't done anything like this before from what I can tell. And does, I don't think he intends to in the future either, honestly. So, really one in his filmography. And I think it's probably going to stay that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I definitely understand why he wasn't nominated for best director which is cool. Uh, I just, I'm honestly kind of surprised that he was like, maybe it was the studio, but like, how was, how was this guy able to attract like, like two, like an Oscar winner, a previous Oscar winner. And also like Vigo Mortensen, who does like no movies, you know, mm. like, unless like the producer, who did they have? Like didn't have anyone big producing either. I guess they were just paid a lot. I don't know. Yeah. I... So, so much about this movie feels so odd and confusing. So like, I think um, I think there's a big elephant in the room when it comes to these awards. And like, I can't confirm or deny anything, but it just feels so obvious to me uh, when when Green Book wins against Black Klansman for best picture and when Mahershala Ali wins against Adam Driver and Richard E. Grant in best supporting actor. And when Viggo Mortensen is nominated alongside like, well, OK, that's not a surprising category but still like there's just one thread that kind of sticks out to me and like i this is the safest choice in every category it was nominated in for sure yeah by a long shot um like we're at one uh really briefly i'll talk about best original screenplay uh in best original screenplay it was up against the favorite first reformed roma and vice every single one of those movies screenplays uh, whether it deserved to be there or not, brought something new to a conversation about something. Like Vice was all was an educational movie all about the uh, what's it called the uh, unitary executive uh, theory, which is like a a legal theory in the United States that a lot of judges subscribe to that says the president can do whatever he wants. And Vice is basically just an educational film about that theory. Mm -hmm. uh roma is like all about riots that happened in mexico and i think the 80s and like what it was like to be poor in the 80s in mexico uh no 1970s in the 1970s and like that's not something you hear about at all here and more importantly like i don't know how well depicted those riots are so this was like a very big this was like a very big movie that like tried to tell a really big story first reformed is a global warming movie that's all about like a do a a priest uh losing his faith over global warming concerns which is it's a little preachy it, pardon my pun i guess but uh <laughs> it's very very good at least from a screenplay perspective the favorite is about a queen of england who is in multiple lesbian relationships which is not something you hear about. I don't know how often Queen Anne is depicted in uh, in media. I would assume it's a lot, but like the favorite is definitely a you know fairly novel take, at least in a mainstream movie. And then you got Green Book, which is about 
well, it's it's driving Miss Daisy, but made, you know, 20 years later. So that's cool. Like Green Book is the only thing, is the only one of those screenplays that has nothing interesting to say. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, other than it's, I guess, uh, views on racism, I guess, but, but that's, not interesting. Even, that's not unique either. Uh. Like, that's the thing too, is, is it saying something interesting about racism? racism i would argue in as in in the year when black Klansmen, which is all about like systemic and institutional racism uh wrapped up in like a murder mystery well wrapped up in a terrorist plot like when that movie comes out and it was also the same movie that sorry the same year that sorry to bother you comes out which are two movies that like okay in this year we had sorry to bother you we had black Klansmen, and we had the hate you give which are mm -hmm. entirely about systemic racism and how ra racism affects us today. Even if those movies, even in the case of Black Klansmen, which was set far in the past, I think like the 80s. Yeah. I, I think everything's in the 80s. It might've been the <laughs> 70s. I don't know. But anyway, like we had those three movies, which are all saying something new or like saying something unique about racism for a movie. And then we have Green Book, which basically says that racism was bad but it's over now. And like, oh, okay. I mean, it's based on a real story. So I don't know how much of it is real. I've heard there's a lot of like controversy around that part specifically that I can't get into. But like, is it is it interesting when we have all of these movies that are like, when we actually have racism in the world today, is a movie about racism being over that good of a thing to have? Yeah, not really. Dude, honestly, like Black Panther tackled racism in a much better way than this movie did. Yeah, uh, how is Black like, Panther it's not? Crazy. Like, how I, is Black I, I legitimately Panther not nominated for screenplay over this? I legitimately understand why they they could have put Black Panther here now, because um, yeah, it actually like on so many levels, like, like performance wise, like uh, like screenplay wise, direction wise, it. it there's just so much there's it's actually saying so much more than this even though it's a blockbuster superhero movie where like the the race the racist like elements were kind of like a subplot if that makes sense or like an undertone yeah, but like they were very effective at getting the point across that they wanted to make in that movie yeah so uh, i mean i don't know i just i feel like the green book it might have had something to say i really wish they could have gone through the screenplay again and like brought something out of it because i feel like there's something there like maybe there's i feel like there's a gem in all in all of this but it was just made to to please people i guess and it's just like i don't i don't know it, it's i guess it's it's just it's disappointing because i i uh there's like some i feel like it has all the pieces of the puzzle if that makes sense they just couldn't really fit them together in a way that feels um ambitious in any way but yeah i i, I don't know now, honestly like it's actually really hard i thought i have a lot to say about this movie but the more i think about it the less i have because it's just like everything just kind of blends together and like the the one problem is it doesn't really feel like it's doing anything so i mean there you go yeah i gotta say like I kind of want to talk sometime when we're, when we're talking about these movies that won best picture, I always want to ask the question, like, how did this movie win? And in the case of green book, like at a qualitative level, 
I have no idea. I don't think this movie does anything worth, honestly, any of the things it won. Mm-hmm. Like, should Mahershala Ali is a good direct, a good actor. I don't, I don't mind that he was nominated for best supporting actor. I'm personally not mad he won best supporting actor, but like, he wasn't the best by any by any means of the people he was nominated against. And like, yeah, I just don't know. There's like, I think this movie, I think if there's an actual admittedly cynical answer to how this movie won, it's that it was just the safest choice everywhere. Mm-hmm. But well, I, I guess that, like, I don't know. Looking back, I mean, like I can see, I can see people like casual filmgoers uh, watching this movie and being happy with it. I like a movie like The Favorite, for example. I could see it being divisive in terms of uh, getting casual audiences to watch it. You know, same with the Black Klansman. Uh, same with, uh, well, maybe not Bohemian Raps. Ah, uh, maybe Bohemian Rhapsody actually. Like, like a lot of these movies deal with some pretty heavy, dark stuff, right? Um, Whereas I, I'd say Green Book seems like the only one that that has that has a a hold on it, if, uh, a hold on the whole, a hold on a dark topic, but it never truly confronts it in a way that would make the audience uncomfortable. You know, like they never uh, t- Tony's character, he never really has to confront the fact that um, he or get past his his uh i guess racist attitudes you know it's just kind of fades away if that makes sense and same with mark mahersha uh or doc doc samson's character um don shirley don shirley god uh don shirley also like he never really has a really conflicting moment in term in the story right he he has problems with the the white uh, with the the southern part of America, where he deals with a lot of racism. But he never truly confronts it. He just kind of leaves it at the end of the movie, right? So like, I feel like people can watch this and feel like they have learned about racism, you know, and like uh, feel good about that. But then they never actually had to to watch people confront these issues in a way that could make that could add tension. And and make the audience, I guess, uh, question their own uh, in inhibitions towards racism. I guess if that makes sense. Uh, because I, I will say there are there are some ways in that the movie does address the topic in, in an interesting way. But I actually like it's very similar to the Joker. Is that it, it brings yeah it brings them up, and um, it doesn't really have the guts, in my opinion, to actually follow through with what is what it brings up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess sort of going on part of what you said earlier, like ultimately this movie isn't the worst, most offensive thing that's ever been made. It's enjoyable enough to watch. It's just not anything special. Yeah. So, you know, uh, like all right movie. Sure. Best movie of 2018. Really, really disagree uh, on that one. Yeah, yeah so. these, uh, all right, well, that's 2018. I mean, yeah. I don't know, I guess, I don't think we talked about this last time, or at least not explicitly. If, if you were to pick something off this list to be best picture, what would, you have, what, what would your choice be? You can give me up to two if you want. Uh, personally, yeah, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, Roma, or Vice, but 
from what I have seen, I would probably say the favorite or Black Klansman. Um, I wouldn't say not, I, either of them were like amazing movies, but I thought they both uh, were very, very well made and like they were pretty memorable. Mm. Um, and I guess, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they, they, they found, they knew what they were talking about. And like these, they were very, um, I don't want to say that they dealt, they dealt with some very dark subject matter for sure. And yeah, uh, they were interesting to watch, even though I wouldn't say they were like perfect movies. So that makes sense, but definitely uh, some of the best movies from that year. Yeah. And then I, I wouldn't put a star is born as there just because it did feel kind of, it, it's a movie that's been done before, I guess it felt a little oh. cliche, even though it also was a really, yeah, I mean, it's literally been done before like four times. <laughs> yeah. So, that's why I'm a little hesitant. Like, I would agree Black Klansmen are the favorite. I'm not 100% sure. Like, if I had to pick one on the spot right now, I'd say Black Klansmen. But, like, ask me at any given moment, and it would be one of those two, for sure, that I think should win. And as far as, you know, what shouldn't be there, I think A Star is Born deserves to be there way more than Bohemian Rhapsody was. Bohemian Rhapsody was a movie that I found offensively bad. Well, that's the thing. So, like, yeah, we had a weird Best Picture movie, and then also Bohemian Rhapsody, like, got a ton of awards, at least nominations. I don't know how much it actually won. It won Best Actor, which, like, that's fine. Rami Malek was a very good actor in it, and I'm glad that, like, he has his Academy Award. It also won Best Editing, which is why I'm offended. It was so (laughs) poorly edited. Like, I have never seen a movie so poorly edited and still, like something that was passable for theaters as as bohemian rhapsody yeah i honestly i'm kind of happy i didn't know all the nominees before watching like the oscars that year because i feel like it would have been really frustrating it hundred percent um you know what the thing that kept me going was alfonso Cuaron coming out and giving his speeches but yes it was it was very frustrating because i don't think i picked a single winner this year (laughs) I really need to watch Roma. It's it's crazy how I haven't. It. It's on Netflix, right? Yes. Uh, Roma was my pick. Was my pick for best supporting actress. Regina King won it, oh, nice. and like, I get it. She was very good. I think Marina de Tavira should have won it though. Anyway, mm. let's close oh, out our say, green book. Oh, I just want to say quickly, uh, uh, just about I guess the Oscar. But I mean, like, if you if you're looking at like compare comparing best actress and act and supporting actress to the best actor. Roles. I mean, like, I feel like it was way, like, the actresses in this case were like way, like, way better. In so many different, like, the categories are much more interesting, from what I can tell. Best actress picks um, were much better performances. Well, like, in general, on average, the best actress and best supporting actress performances, I think, were better than the best actor and best supporting actor. Yeah. All of these were actually at least competent, decent performances, and like. Probably my favorite performance on this list is actually Willem Dafoe in At Eternity's Gatress. Like, almost every one of those is an absolutely solid performance, where Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor both have their, their yeah. share of duds. Yeah, so I just want to point that out, especially just from The Favourite. The Favourite had so many amazing actresses, but mm. anyways, yeah. <clears throat> that, is the, that is the Green Book, our... <laughs> Sort of review, I guess. What do, What do you uh, want to say? So we can call this a review. What would you What would you give it out of ten? Oh God, I'll give it like I'll give it a, a six, I guess. It was 
enjoy like, it was enjoyable i don't hate myself for watching it um, and honestly i think the ending's kind of cute you know uh but will i remember this movie very well probably not i, I other than how boring it was i guess interestingly but yeah, yeah. if it was never nominated for an oscar i doubt anyone would have ever this movie i uh i would say like I'll give it a five. This movie is not the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, it's fine. It's enjoyable. I went and saw it at the same time as my aunt saw it, and she loved it. That's great. I don't think it was that good. And overall, you know, um, any I only remember this movie because sometimes I think back on these Oscars and go, oh, yeah, Green Book. Like, I, this movie mostly is just, I mostly just forget this movie exists. Yeah, sounds about right. Oh, wait, can I say this one thing quickly? Linda Cardellini, I feel so bad for her. I feel like, because I know her from Freaks and Geeks, which is like 20 years ago. I feel like she had so much potential as an actress, but she keeps getting squandered into these lame housewife roles where she gets nothing to do. And it's so sad to see every time. Because I see her a lot in these movies. Like, she seems to be doing all right as an actress, but she just never has anything to work with. Hmm. Yeah, she was given literally nothing. Like, she's just a housewife who gets to make a pizza pasta at one point. I don't remember what she made. I think it was <laughs> it's <a> <laughs> Yeah, it's like, and she's always, like, in Daddy's Home, Avengers. I feel like there's another movie I'm thinking of. But, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's sad to see her. I wish she could be given a, a more legitimate role. But um, Yeah, something like Velma Dinkley in Scooby-Doo 3, because she did show Velma Dinkley in Scooby-Doo 1 and 2. Yeah, she was great in those. Yeah, what the... F- so, like, I don't know. I just want to point that out, because, yeah, she was, I guess, the only other recognizable face, and I didn't mention her at all. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Jeff, what's the... What are we talking about next week, by the way? Okay, so next week, we're going to take a break from talking about... Uh, about old things, you know, like 2018, we're going to talk about something that uh, might possibly get some Oscar buzz this year. Uh, it's honestly not looking very good for it right now because uh, it's not a critical darling anymore. But um, it does also sort of fit into the the Oscar bait theme we've kind of been going for. We're going to talk about Hillbilly Elegy, which is a new Ron Howard movie. How many Ron Howard movies have we actually talked about on this podcast? I know we've mentioned a lot, but I don't think we've actually talked about any. I, I guess not, no. Not so I maybe this will be our first Ron Howard movie, Hillbilly Elegy, featuring Amy Adams and Glenn Close, who, and this is true, were both nominated for an Oscar in 2018. Wow. Wait, what the hell? Oh, yeah. yeah. Look at that. That's crazy. The true, a true sequel to the 2018 Oscars. Yeah, so... Next time, 2018 Oscars Part 2, Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> That's so the last word here. Uh, Glenn Close. <laughs>